0: This episode of Laser Time is brought to you by Audible and you listeners can go to audibletrial.com/lasertime and get started with a free audiobook in a 30-day trial. LCOR, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, I'm going to start with that because on this week's episode of uh, the Internet's seventh leading pop culture show, our topic today is Stan the Manly. He is uh, he passed away, as you may definitely know. Um, it overshadowed a bunch of other wonderful and depressing news last week. But um,
1: I, I, haven't, I haven't heard anything about the recount, so I'm... yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, so we, I don't know. I wanted to convene here and talk about this guy who has had just an un has made an unbelievable contribution to my brain and probably yours. Just how how honored I how honored I honestly felt to have him around this long. It's not like we didn't expect him to go um, at some point soon, but like, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a person worth celebrating because uh, he hasn't been milkshaked up quite yet. So hold on, we'll get into that. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Santista. Uh, who else is with me?
2: It's me, Sarah. And
0: special guest appearing for the first time. Jeff from the bookshelf too. Jeff from the bookshelf, my comic guy. How you doing, guy? The, see, that was uh, I knew I instantly liked you because I did that Halloween shorts thing, mm-hmm. and I posted online, and the first commenter, like, you show Nicobod Crane. I'm like, who's this guy? Had, of course, I'm showing Nickabod Crane. <laughs> what? And so, compose, I have to compose myself because I'm still I'm still an asshole commenter, and I don't know it on the I internet, know, so yeah. I have to like stop myself first. And I'm like, yeah, I think you. And, uh, and then I and then I just went randomly in the comic store, and it. It was you who there I was talking I was. to on Facebook yeah. and I'm like, holy shit and, we, and then you came out of the show and that was that was rad. But uh, I know you know your business. you even corrected me on some bad information in the, oh, in yeah. the Halloween short show. It was
1: an easy, easy mistake. Is uh, Hawthorne
0: mistake. for Irving? Is that what I did? Yeah, yeah. yeah ah, Washington yes. Irving is. It, I've done it. That means I've been doing it for years. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God.
2: I think about that sometimes. How many people have I told the wrong information to? And now they're telling people the wrong information. And um, I've started a legacy. I'm
1: just
0: happy to use my English literature gr- degree. <laughs> English majors,
1: what up? It was at least useful for something. That,
0: yeah. uh, I've been writing on the internet for like ten years, and I'm not saying I, I didn't make anything up. Right. Uh, but you sometimes get to the end of Google, and Google now is so bad. Like when you when you Google stuff, like yeah. how many how many links, search results does Walmart want mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to buy whatever this is I'm googling? That's True, uh, but but I'm on. I'm cited in a bunch of Wikipedia pages. Like I cannot be the authority on this. You like this? <laughs> that's impossible. And I, I, my favorite, I'm cited on King Hippo's um, Wikipedia page oh. for something I wrote in an article called Gaming's Greatest Fatties. It's wow. a different time. It's a different time. Interesting. Uh, different time. Like, great. That'll be my legacy. When people are wondering, what should we nuke from Wikipedia? Chris <laughs> to All of it.
1: <laughs> wow. Body shaming on the video games. Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah.
0: They were built that way. But yeah, I, 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 like, I know it was on another podcast and I was having a thought that we, we all deemed was a high thought, but I was not high. I, mm-hmm. was, in, I was in Orlando, and uh, I was walking around uh, Disney Springs. I'm not, I didn't have time to pay admission to go into Disney World, and I'm in, uh, looking for the world of Disney, and, I'm walking, and and Disney Springs is basically like a free Disney-themed mall to walk around in, and I mm-hmm. just all of a sudden got overwhelmed. There's like all oh, this Mickey and Donald and Goofy merchandise, whom I love, and just got overwhelmed with a thought like, everyone who created any of this is dead. Yeah, uh, And like next, this is entered into like deification, all this shit everywhere, existing only in merchandise form in this weird form of worship. And everyone, everyone who's working on this now wasn't alive when these things were created. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's I, I, I'll, I'll triple down on that. Maybe there's some like 99 year old guy still in the mail room, but like.
2: <laughs> you know, the only other, <laughs> the only other thing that exists like that is churches.
0: That's what, I, that's what I was thinking. yeah and then I was like, wow. and then yeah. I was like, in my head, like Chris, oh, come on, it's no different from your precious comic books and my other side of my head said, Stanley bitch. Stanley <laughs> is still here. So yeah. like it's not as weird and sad, not sad just, but the idea that we're like, we haven't created any new characters yet, Disney, come on. you have a bunch of new characters. Why does Mickey have to be on everything? He's kind of a dull character. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, yeah, and I can't have that thought anymore. And I think Stanley, among other things, he did, was outlive all of his contemporaries by a fucking long shot. True. I, I don't, I don't. I meant to look up some of that. Like, was this dude he, like supremely
1: healthy? I know that um, there are a couple. I think Ditko may still be around. No, he, he passed now, away like a few years ago. I did it with mm-hmm. a beard? Okay,
0: so most all, most everybody he collaborated with is. I, I did not double check that, but I just know like off the top of my head, Jack Kirby, way yeah. gone, way gone, way, way gone. gone. Uh, uh, Ditko just passed. Um, Sorenko. I don't know. I, I don't know. I meant to look into it more because that's one of the things I, I was like, I was just like girding my teeth that I didn't want to see because we all inherently like Stan Lee. You may be mm-hmm. like, ah, another cameo. That cameo in the Venom movie was fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of the worst cameos he's not ever great. done and it's not his fault. No. Um, and I hate that it's his last. Uh, Well, his last while he was alive. So far. So, so far. Yeah, yeah he, he apparently is a lot more.
1: Yeah, he fil- they actually filmed mm-hmm. several of them but, in preparation of him passing right. which wow. is kind of morbid
0: well I, I think his, like remember he he like announced i'm retiring from cons i just can't go anymore right, yeah. and he seemed to always have his bearings but was like dude i can't i can't walk around this many people anymore mm-hmm. i'm stanley yeah. and i love you but watch my youtube channel uh, he didn't want to do that many more interviews. He, it wasn't him being reclusive; it was just him being ninety-five. But yeah, you of, run
2: out of things to say. I imagine. And then that's too. Yeah. <laughs> I kind
0: of glazed over, like doing research on this because he has given sometimes the same interview for forty years. Yeah. yeah. And and but one of the things I was like dreading was like, okay, who's going to be the first to make things you didn't know about Stanley, the evil behind mm-hmm. the genius? Yeah. And, and I went. Looking for it. And of course, ding, 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 Vox, you got it, baby. And it's like, the dark side of Stan Lee. And like, okay, let's see where this goes. And it was just like, Jack Kirby and him had a falling out. Hmm. Some other people who worked under him uh, thought he was pretty grumpy and... Conceded? That's the dark side of Stanley. That's all you got, people. well that's you cool. were desperate for that headline, weren't you? Like, there's, there's no uh, like history of anti-Semitism, a oh. basement full of bodies. Like, Thank I was God. Yeah, that's well, not cool yet. Being an I mean, uh, not yeah. yet. He, Dude, he was around in like he's he got he has like when I was a little kid, like Stan Lee had that like coke cocaine hair and glasses. So <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine there's not a grab butt here and there, but he was married to the same person like for a fucking while. Yeah, for uh, like I think it's... The entire time, uh, but like, I, yeah, that there hasn't it hasn't been easy to make those articles because that dude lived publicly for years. Oh yeah, and in in show business and like, I feel holy like shit. we would
2: have heard it by now, right? He yeah. he's,
0: appears to be a good dude, and I thought, well, he thrived in the limelight.
1: That's that's right, you know, yeah, which is interesting, you know, unlike anybody from DC or anything mm-hmm. like that. He, um, you know, he had that charisma. Yeah, well, I, I mean, think unlike
0: unlike comic most comic writers in general. Like the only one I've ever seen on a talk show is Brian Michael Bendis who I right. think is hilarious and good but when I like saw him give a presentation at E3 like it didn't go over well because yeah. no, one, no one not a lot of people not as many people know who you are. Um, but yeah, Stanley would kill. He's on a ton of talk shows. Mm-hmm. A ton of talk shows. and Jeff, we're going to play some clips of those um, in this episode as we celebrate the life, work, and legacy of Stan Lee. I almost said Jason Voorhees. <laughs> uh, I steal my line from Elm Street Nightmare, which is done, people. Patreon.com slash lasertime Time. Uh, that's how you pick up that series. But right after this break, we will get into the life, work, and legacy of Stan Lee.
3: You belong, you belong, you belong, you belong to the Mary Marble Marching Society. March along, march along, march along to the song of the merry Marble Marching Society.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening, and if you like listening and stuff, it's a good thing this episode is brought to you by Audible. And before I tell you more about it, know that you can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get started with a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of all Audible is. What is Audible? They've got over 180,000 different titles to choose from, ranging from audiobooks, comedy albums, radio shows, some of my favorite old-timey radio shows, and you can listen to them all on your iPhone, Android, MP3 player, desktop, tablet, doesn't matter, wherever you can plug in headphones. Audible's got all your your bestsellers, your Game of Thrones, your Harry Potters, the latest biography from whatever comedian is you like, and they have become my go-to place to get audiobooks for an incredibly low cost. So once again, that's Audible, people, and you can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of the service. Is the world of today getting you down?
4: Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more, 30, 20, and 10 years ago, this very week, with our show, 30, 302010. Here's
0: a clip from 1998. Dance Dance Revolution hits arcades in Japan. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's no home console version, there's no mats anywhere. There's just that giant thing with the handrails. Yep. Uh, Like, I I can't think of a weirder game to have a Burger King toy tie-in. DDR was huge. (laughs) I think it's still phenomenal. I personally lost, like, 20 pounds with DDR at some point in my life. Uh, It's a dope-ass game. Anyone can play it. It's just hard, and you look stupid.
2: It's the plot of many a sitcom couple (laughs) realizing they're in sync and falling in love. Aww. Aww.
0: For me, it's I learned that I, I, I dance like a tyrannosaurus. Oh. Tuck my little elbows into oh. my chest. And,
2: mm. and this, I was a classically trained ballerina and modern and jazz dancer at this point. And when it, when it first came to Pensacola in our movie theater lobby, I was like, stand back, everyone. The dancer's here. I and I got up there and was very embarrassed. Yeah, it's, It, <laughs> it was not
0: the DDR dancing. is like dance con- conducted by Hitler.
4: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. Left, right. <laughs> It's aerobics in <laughs> <and> hell.
4: <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 5,
5: four, three, two,
4: one. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the laser time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com lasertime It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the LazerTime network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I actually did read quite a few Archie comics when I was a child just read because ton, they, they were like, you know, they're the grocery store checkout mm-hmm. comics So mm-hmm. it was just like, I watched a ton of it, t- well, they oh, ton of it too. They were always available at the library and I didn't need anybody's permission to check them out. So I got <laughs> them all the time. Yeah, I learned how to jerk off reading those books. Well, seriously. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. like every every woman has the same fucking build and like <laughs> at one point they go to the beach at some point and and what? Don't shake your all head. Right. We all had our thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't have true. a TV okay, in my surprised. room. This is yeah, what I had. I, I was just it's surprised. Like, I'm just what like, like I, I had picturing. my mom. My mom drew fucking naked women on a napkin and gave it to me to jerk off to. That's how poor we are. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday starting for just $5 on patreon.com/lasertime.
0: Coming in with uh, the Spider-Man theme. I know you think that's hack, but Stan Lee also wrote the lyrics to that. Oh my! Oh, I God. forgot about that. He did. He I wrote. He's he's credited with writing the lyrics of two shows: Defenders of the Earth, which I've never seen in my oh, life. Oh, that's
1: great. That's pulp characters, you know, Flash Gordon. And
0: when was that made? That was like
1: actually a, in the late eighties. In the late eighties, yeah. I'd never seen it,
0: but he did write the lyrics to the Spider-Man theme, I believe. Cool. Um, and yeah. and what I and the song we went out on, um, and I'm glad Jeff is here because you'll you'll probably be able to correct me on most of this shit. Uh, the Merry Marching Marvel Society. I recall
1: hearing it once or twice, but you know it's so cheesy. You know it is
0: very cheesy. What was that for? It was a record that when Marvel was becoming Ah. very, very popular as a comic company that they made of that. It's all the people who work in Marvel, the Mm -hmm. artists and the writers acting on this record uh, and it's it's very strange so here's a clip of Stan Lee from that it's from 1965 Whoa. wow and I think my mother might have this for some reason
3: okay out there in Marvel land, face front this is Stan Lee speaking you've probably never heard a record like this before because no one would be nutty enough to make one with a bunch of offbeat artists so anything is liable to happen hey who made you a disc jockey <laughs> Lee? well well Jolly Jack Kirby say a few words to the fans Jackson okay a few words look pal I'll take care of the humor around here you you've you've been
0: Using the same gags over and over for years. Well, you can't accuse me of being fickle, can you? But- I don't know. I love this shit. Like it. I Love this wow. shit. Yes. There was there was so much popularity happening at Marvel. Like, let's hear what these uh, unnamed wow <laughs> these unnamed people have to say. And I know you'll love this, Jeff. I just I love this clip from it. Uh, Spider Man was co created by Steve Ditko, right. who was a notorious recluse. Mm-hmm. uh quit marvel kind of in a huff never came back mm-hmm. and i think my butt uh caleb had sent me some like what did steve Ditko do post spider-man and he sent me this big box of like tragedy it's like GoBots rescue of blobby oh, block yeah. written written and drawn by steve Ditko. like damn <laughs> damn dude just Oof. go back to marvel they'll give you some money just for showing up uh oh. but this is, this is steve Ditko's appearance on the Mary Marvel <laughs> Marching oh, Society, God. even back then in 1965, he had a reputation. Hey, what's all that commotion out there, Sol?
3: Why, it's shy Steve Ditko. He heard you're making a record, and he's got mic fright. Whoops, there he goes. <laughs> out the window. <laughs> so that's it.
0: Oh, my God. That's it. Steve Ditko does not want to appear.
2: <laughs> that's fun.
0: Yeah. No, I, I I love all that old shit, and just that Stan Lee, that's one of the things I loved about him, because he he's he's, a, he's kind of a old hacked guy <laughs> he like he should be right he, he's kind of a showman i mean he's you a know, showman.
4: i
1: almost kind of equate him with pt barnum yeah yeah you know i mean he brought comics again we talk about how comics are more mainstream nowadays mm-hmm. people like to reference like big bang theory and stuff like that mm-hmm. in the marvel movies but he was pushing this stuff way early on right
0: right, right. And uh, yeah and that, that oh i didn't get that out of the way Stanley was born Stanley Martin Lieber. That's right. Stanley is only only late in his life did it become his actual name. Right. Uh, born in uh, Manhattan, New York, December twenty eighth, nineteen twenty two. Yeah, just a f- but fascinating, like at seventeen he's in the Marvel he's in the Marvel business. Essentially. Copy boy,
1: but yeah. Copy
0: boy at uh, Timely Comics. Timely Comics. Because the Timely Comics is what they were called. Then they were Atlas? I think it was Timely and at, they they bought
1: Atlas and then they became Marvel and
0: then because Marvel was the name of their like popular comic book right. or comic line and they eventually called themselves Marvel but like the first year of Timely Comics the Stanley gets a job as a little copy boy wow and uh, and thanks to a, his uncle yeah thanks to his thanks to his uncle and like and just what writes for Captain America first because kind of like one of the only main Marvel characters that Stanley didn't create is right. Captain America yeah. Uh, Submariner, Submariner, yeah, because that was like their original trio was like Robot, Torch, and <laughs> yeah, it's actually actually that was called Human Torch, and mm-hmm. then Submariner, and then Captain America, Captain America, and it's, wow. and they're all beating up the Nazis, all, but like in real time, like the actual in the actual 40s. right? Yeah, <laughs> so it, it had a little bit more significance than uh, the original Antifa, mm-hmm. Captain America, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, <laughs> and then it gets I think after like two years, it's full on staff. Is like it's like calling shots and like creating characters. Um, I saw that I never I don't know anything about the Destroyer, which is like one of his first characters. Right. But like my first favorite comic book uh, was the Fantastic Four. I, I I just feel lucky that that happened because like uh, I I just fell in love with it immediately.
1: Well, there, I mean, it's it's a family unit, and so I and one of the things that he prided himself about his writing and you know his characters were they're relatable mm-hmm. i mean they weren't these otherworldly characters these are you know families with family problems they don't get along together all the time but they have to work as a team yeah. to defeat the bad guy
0: it was an interesting response to like the justice league which is all like dc's biggest things ever and like here's a team that's a family this yeah. is and there's a little dysfunction too right and i think that's that's that is the stanley touch I know, I, I I feel this instinct, even me, to like take away something from Stanley or he. I know he gets shit sometimes for, uh, too much credit.
1: Well, as I like, I was telling someone earlier, is that growing up, I, you know, in the kid of the '80s, mm-hmm. and Stanley would make appearances on TV right. or he'd narrate the cartoons. I'd ask my dad, who's been big into comics forever, mm-hmm. did he really do that? And my dad would be like. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> uh, I mean, it wasn't, you know, he did co create. And I think he yes. actually did a good job compared to some of the other creators. Right. He actually cr- said, oh, yeah, it was me and Jack Kirby. We me have... and Steve Ditko. But
0: Stan Lee did not have a knockdown, drag out fight over who created what because he's largely co creator on every one of these characters because right. he shared credit with everyone. But some would say he took too much credit. But like, it's, it, have you. Sarah, are you familiar with the Bill Finger saga? No, it's a great documentary that came out last year called Batman and Bill. Oh, that's a great one. It about like getting Bill Bill Finger's credits restored to Batman. Okay, because forever, like Batman created by Bob Kane with a specific font, like it would even be within in, in like his signature, because Bob Kane had seen what ha- had saw what happened to what is it, Schuster? So yeah, yeah, uh, the
1: Superman creator, the Superman.
0: They got what like hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, of of 1930s money, and then which like... which is like
1: a million dollars now.
0: <laughs> <there>. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they wish, but like, yeah, they didn't get shit. And Bob Kane saw that happen, and he's like, "That's not going to happen to me." So he asked Bill Finger to help him create this Batman character. I think the original drawing was like very bat-like, mm-hmm. like hairy well, had, ears. Well, he had like a red suit, yeah, and a small mask, and 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 what we know, what what was defined about Batman that early on is pretty much. Bill Finger's creation, and he was never credited. He died in an unmarked grave, oh, and man, the documentary that came alone. out, yeah, yeah, died alone in an unmarked grave. Ah. And the last year is about like trying to get him credit. And I think Batman versus Superman was the first, yeah, the first movie time, to credit yeah. Bill yeah. Batman created by wow. Bob Kane and Bill Finger. But Stanley never had that problem because he was always at least willing to share co-creation, even though he was in the position of uh, authority. I believe the way the way there's what's that documentary called about Steve Ditko? It's online for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not available to buy anywhere. It's only on YouTube. But it's just like Steve Ditko did a lot of the, did the, a lot of the bill fingering of Spider-Man. Right. And they're asking that in the documentary. He's like, yeah, but I asked him to create a character called Spider-Man with spider powers. Who's a young boy like, well, what if? What if someone else had made it and it wasn't successful? And he's like, "Then I would have created an unsuccessful character, which I've done before." And this <laughs> and, is and Ditko saying this. This is Stan Lee. Stanley. Stanley Stan Stan because like he was he was in a, in, a, in a boss position. It's like it's sort of like Walt Disney walking around, like I created Cinderella and all, which he didn't really do to mm-hmm. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> to Disney's credit. But here, uh, this um, one of my first experiences with Stanley. I think I was introduced to. I, I know I saw him like there, there was a great who shared that in the Laser Time community. His cameo in the Muppet Babies. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and like I wondered if you knew that he did do like host segments for the cartoons, didn't he? Or like the the intros and the outros. I kind of well, the early uh, Marvel cartoons
1: mm-hmm. he did. I don't know if it was actually like real film or him just kind of again,
0: narrating. Yeah. But
1: see, I remember again, early '80s. You know, the Spider-Man is amazing. Friends. Yeah. Which was kind of or like a the
0: Spider-Man and Thing Hour, or yeah, something yeah. Like and you had
1: the Hulk, Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. you know, cartoon. You know, that's terrible. kind of yeah. <laughs> all terrible. Well, you know, <laughs> they are what they are. But you know, um, again, for the time, it was pretty awesome. As a kid, I remember watching yeah. it, like going. Oh wow, that's how, oh, you know, that's the that's the definite origin story and so like, which it wasn't, but
0: Yeah, I was obsessed with all those old 60s cartoons. Oh, like yeah. the one seasoners. I remember there was one video in store in town that had one copy and we were like constantly rushing over there. Fuck, they took the
1: Captain America. Well, I always one. loved the, you know, the Fantastic Four cartoon. They Oof. wouldn't have the Human Torch because they were afraid kids would right.
0: torch themselves, so
1: they had <laughs> it was the thing, Sue Storm, Mr. Fantastic and Herbie, Herbie the, the Robot. The robot. Oh. Oh, yeah, Leep cool, bloop, bloop. way <laughs> cooler
2: than a fireman yeah,
1: who no. flies. Yeah, <laughs> like Jesus. Uh, so, wait, going
0: back
2: to the Marvel co- as a company, mm-hmm. what was Stan Lee's like real position in it? He than...
0: was eventually editor in chief and publisher. He, okay. You know, what? I have some clips of him explaining certain things to you from different places, and I try not to get the obvious stuff, okay? Because one of my first exposures to, to knowing who Stan Lee was, which is ironic but was a book called How to Draw Comics the Marvel way. Oh, that's
1: most popular.
0: Yeah, yeah and I had that as a little kid. I couldn't, couldn't follow, like, step two. It yeah. was really fucking hard. <laughs> I am not an artist. and But neither was he. No, um, no. I mean, he did some art, and actually,
1: mm-hmm. when, in 1942, he joined the Army, and right. he did some
0: artwork for them. For, like, the... sig. What was that called? Was it the... Not the... Not the air traffic control people. It's actually the
1: prophylactic. It had to do with VD. Did he, it really? Yes,
0: he actually did a he did a poster for VD. Oh know? my it, god! Amazing. He was a writer for like serving and, and they well, actually, serving the army. During yeah, world he II. actually I,
1: I watched something last night where he got his discharge papers and they said as far as his I guess his role in mm-hmm. the army was playwright. Yeah.
2: Oh, cool.
5: He said he was like
0: one of like less than a dozen people wrote yeah, that designation was, in so the his military. So
2: poster was like if your thing looks yeah. like the thing. <laughs> Yeah,
1: play Yeah, wrap <laughs> it. Don't yeah. Uh. <laughs>
0: but the, but he, the, I I didn't know how to draw comics the Marvel way had a video component. Oh, this is all this is all stupid and fascinating. Because We were just talking about Muppet Babies. Well, I'll play the intro first. Greetings, true
3: believers. I'm Stan Lee, co-author of How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way and creator of Spider-Man, the Incredible Hulk, and a whole caboodle of other comic book characters that my legendary modesty prevents me from mentioning.
0: <laughs> now, I'll be your host and guide. That's yeah, I love self-effacing in the uh, early oh, years. Okay,
2: so one of my roles here mm-hmm. is as someone who doesn't know my knowledge of Stanley and these comics, are probably more akin to your average moviegoer's knowledge. Yeah, so, sure. one of, when we discussed this episode, because the first, like I was. It was I your think,
0: idea. Yeah, I was in a
2: car <laughs> and I saw on the LTC that. You know, people were posting the news about Stan Lee, and I immediately texted you, Mm -hmm. holy shit, Stan Lee died. And then I said, we have to address this. That's right. So I was like, we need to bump our next topic so we can talk about this. We can
0: no longer tease him. We can no longer call him a young mummy. Yeah. Or what did I call him? Uh, He's like your your grandpa's new boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) How are you, Chris? It's so good to see you. Yes, that's so great.
2: But then I immediately was like, I can't be on the show because I don't know... Anything, no, no, but, but so I'm here to ask the obvious questions yeah. that maybe not everyone knows. No, that's I,
0: I, we, I was I was kind of adamant about it. Yeah, I, I, don't, I want this to be something, because whether you know it or not, Stanley's DNA is kind of all over everything now, like sure. more than it ever was, which is fucking nuts because Walt Disney didn't die at like when like he was more popular than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's ridiculous.
2: So, first of all, true believers mm-hmm. is that. A, a term for a certain kind of fan, or yes, okay, yeah.
0: yes, because uh one of the cool things about Stanley, he, w- I mean, at Marvel, he for, I mean, at least a decade, he wrote like most of the dialogue, right? And those comics are really hard to read. <laughs> I remember getting that that big collection of like number ones as a little kid, and like those comics from this, it's like written very Shakespearean, ah. and there's uh there's just shit all over the place. Apparently, Stan Lee was credited with like. I should have brought this up on the subject of crediting stuff like the comic masthead and like just crediting writers and pencilers was sort of his thing too so like yeah there you go Vox (laughs) Um, but then also um, did he create the thought bubble did somebody say that I don't think
1: I don't recall that
0: it was written somewhere that he created the thought bubble there was there was the speech bubble but when someone's having an internal monologue yeah, yeah because now in comics for the most part the narrator's gone but not in the Stan Lee days. There was well, a... I,
1: I would argue that there are still there's still some writers that are very wordy, yes. in their in their writings and stuff like that. Um, like a 19th century British novel, yeah, wordy, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it, it it is hard to get through. But he, like you were saying, the Shakespeare, mm-hmm. he was bringing a more sophisticated verbiage wording yeah. to <laughs> the the uh, superhero genre. Mm-hmm. And you could actually see that uh, difference from, you know, the early action comics of Superman and stuff like that. You, but I think the fact is that, you know, he understood that these were for kids, mm-hmm. but there were grown-ups that were reading this, and they needed to be, you know, brought into the stories and mm-hmm. stuff like that, not bored with it. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, the, the you know, whenever you get more sophisticated, and actually he just, in one of the interviews that I watched recently... He was talking about, you know, and in 75 they were talking about how it helped
0: educational, you know, help kids with literacy. It made me like want that. to read more. Yeah. or And like just by naturally being interested in Spider-Man, which I, I fell in love with Fantastic Four first. right? Um, just going through like the 25 cent bins because I was not given very much money as a little kid. Fell in love with Spider-Man the second I read it. Like way more than Fantastic Four. Cause fan- and I didn't know what a stroke of brilliance it was to make your character a teenager. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it just, it, it seems like obvious now, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. Like, no one was really doing that. Well,
1: it's the Marvel method. I mean, he right. would bring, again, the, the the struggles of a teenager, mm-hmm. you know, the mundane, the everyday, but also, you know, I have to sneak out at night yeah. and go save the world. And yeah. the
0: real, and thanks to Steve Ditko, the real nerdy alter ego, shove it, Clark Kent, the glass. <laughs> 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 Underneath the glasses, you're a fucking Adonis. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but. The original Peter Parker is, like, so fucking square. Even, yeah. even I want to dump his books. And I'd say give him his wedgie, but his pants are pulled up very high. Sure. Uh, I think I related more to Flash Thompson than I did, you yeah. <laughs> know. But, yeah, Spider-Man, I was, and that, he totally deserves credit for that. But maybe he did create the thought bubble. But he also, he did revolutionize the way comics were written. Because you can't take that away from him. And I would say the, the only thing, my only slam on him is that he's, it's very verbose.
2: Well, that's how you create lifelong fans, though, mm-hmm. is that you do, you can... They can grow with the comic book and still be able to like read it and not feel silly. And then also, not talking down to your audience and not talking down to your kids just because they're kids. Like, that is a problem that I have with a lot of children's entertainment is that they just <laughs> underestimate what kids can understand. I remember there was a
0: Spider Man comic book, and it's just the title, plastic on the, on the front page, is like Entropy.
2: Entropy, <laughs> and like
0: looking up entropy as a twenty-eight-year-old man. Yeah. Like what? What, what does entropy? <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're real ver- verbose. But like, eventually, he was like the head publisher of Marvel.
1: Yeah, he was editor and then moved to publisher. Yes.
0: Okay. And, but he, like during all this time, mm-hmm. he is the unofficial, uh, semi-elected ambassador of comic books, the entire yeah. medium. I, I said the same thing when Adam West died. Adam West accidentally became like he'll be at a convention talking to people about Batman. Not really because he wants to. Stanley was there because he wanted to be. Right. He was a supporter of every single comic convention when they started, was not asked to be there, made it a point to attend wow. uh, those things. And I think like only him and Jack Kirby made talk show appearances in the seventies. And and he did all the time. Um it was it was just very strange to see because at the time there was no real other human face behind comic books, the entire medium. And he had the cool look too. I mean oh, you yeah, yeah. he already
1: had the dark glasses before Hell you know yeah. mm-hmm. I mean he was you know in the sixties he was sporting a goatee and then you know the seventies he's got the stash. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, oh and I have this clip from the terrible show Alan Thick's Thick of the Night. Oh, oh you got that? <laughs> I did. Oh my god. Just cause uh, it, it has this factoid that uh my old buddy Hank clued me into that I, I had no idea about, and I was hoping you had more information on it because I couldn't really find that much on the internet. So uh, it's a quick clip of Alan Thick doing the intro.
4: revolutionized comic books back in the 60s with the creation of a number of superheroes spider-man daredevil the fantastic four the hulk he's the man responsible for marvel comics you've seen these on the stands this is stan lee
3: what do they mean when they say comic book revolution well, I don't know what they mean, but to us, we mean the Marvel comic books, mm-hmm. which we like to think uh, were started a new style in comics, more realistic. If <laughs> yeah. you can imagine fantasy superheroes being realistic, that's the gimmick. Yes, well, I can't, but the pictures <laughs> are uh, spectacular, and your own role in this was to create the characters themselves and, and even draw them. I No, I, I created a lot of them, and I was the head writer, the art director, and the editor. Then a few years later, uh, they made me The publisher, so I stopped writing them. Now, the only comic book writing I do is the Spider Man newspaper strip,
0: which is around the world. Mm -hmm. The Spider Man newspaper comic strip. Wow. Uh, Up until whenever that ended. He wrote every single one of those that's things amazing. from 1977.
2: That's, that is hard work, like putting out a daily. It's a daily. Was it yeah. just Sundays only? Or I was would it only daily? say
0: not for Stanley. <laughs> uh, he probably, he probably turned in one script and that was able to go all month, given how right. much that dude runs. Gotcha. Uh, but but yeah, I still think it's admirable that like he wasn't he wasn't on the ground in that area. He did that because he wanted to. Yeah. And I think that's very sweet. Um, yeah, but that, that's him on dig of the night.
2: Alan Thicke could not be more dismissive yeah, he's I mean, just like whatever the same thing will happen what you look jerk. up
0: you look up like letterman's jack kirby interview like he's he's oh, ready yeah. to shit all over him and then like oh really you made you created all those people all right <laughs> well fuck my face uh what am i i don't <laughs> what have
1: i ever done yeah. well again you know i mean even today you know i have people come into the store and like
0: right sell comics and so it's you've been like in a comic store after the death of stan lee it's been interesting. Yeah. You know,
1: I mean, yeah. pretty much everybody comes in. Apparently I just live in the store and without any sort of social media. Did you hear Stan oh. Lee died? I was like, that's what? how you
0: found out? Someone told you?
1: No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <And, laughs> yeah. You no, know, you no, know, um that's the thing is that, you know, actually I did find out on Facebook, yeah, which was weird. But you know, um I just didn't I was kinda like stunned. We all knew it was gonna happen, but you know, I wasn't really prepared. Yeah.
0: So, but you know, yeah. You know, he he had spent a lot of time preparing us. Yeah, he really had. He said he he he's not going to do any more media appearances. There was a great thing that Criterion put up. You were here yesterday when explaining that to Diana, talking about his friendship with like this new wave French director, right? Uh, hmm. That they developed this friendship uh, in the like late seventies or early eighties. And I, I'm sorry, I'm I'm spacing on the dude's name, but I'm not the best. I'm not the most knowledgeable in French filmmaking, but it's someone you wouldn't normally associate. Mm-hmm. With Stan Lee, he's yeah. also talking about like Federico Fellini coming in his office, like I want, I want to meet him. I'm Italian, I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> uh, but but that they they try to pitch a movie about a Roger Corman character for like years, and I don't know. It's just it's a fascinating. And he at the end of the interview, he's like, no one ever asked me about this. I wanted that's why I wanted to do this interview because oh, I wow. I think it was the interview he did with like on the Nerdist because he's like half on. Stanley he's saying the same anecdotes he is over and over but half grumpy like I already told you. Not, I already told you that. I've answered that already. He's uh he's tired. half grumpy. Of course he is because he's he's been a showman for a long time. Yeah. So he was, he I remember him saying twice I'm not going to any more Comic-Cons, which I've had to work many many a Comic-Con and I fucking Hate it. It's one thing to show up and want to see everything. It's another thing to try and walk from one end to the other to go to appointments and, right. and be blocked by everybody. It's agonizing. Yeah, the cast of the Vampire Imagine. Diaries are here, and now you can't go back to your booth um, <laughs> and that kind of shit. But like, I understand why I retired, and I, I gotta say, I, w- I was weirded out by that that Comic Con, that new Comic Con thing of like that eighty dollar photograph, right? Where you stand in line, you pay a ton, like, a little bit of money to take a picture. Of a, with a celebrity, and right. that's kind of what Stan Lee was doing up until his almost his dying day. But when he died, thousands of my friends on Facebook have a cool picture of Stan right. Lee, yeah, and that was fucking beautiful. Yeah, I thought that was so great.
1: I, I had a lot of people. I think in like 2016, mm-hmm. you know, it was like one of the last times he was down to MegaCon, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of my customers go down there, and they spent the money and got the picture. Yeah, wow. Partly, which was kind of more because like. This is the last time he's doing this convention, yeah. but um, I said it was you know kind of weepy. I wish I had yeah, done it.
0: Me too. I, I I wish I hadn't been so shitty about it because I stood next to the dude like a ton of times. Uh, I just never hi Stanley, big fan. That's I did I almost to feel
1: see. bad because you know he at that point he was just there.
0: He mm-hmm. always looks lost because he like man he was so thin and small right. and he and could barely move in the San Diego Comic Con widgets and so packed
1: and again he's a Stan Lee the Stan the man mm-hmm. such a bigger larger than life character literally he's a character yeah. you know and then you see him kind of shriveled and quiet you know
0: you just kind of yeah it, it bums you out a little bit yeah. but I mean you know unlike my grandparents like his brain never really went no uh, he was he was still talking up until mm-hmm. kind of the last second
1: uh, they were I can't remember who but he had one of his old editors in chiefs, you know uh, visit him on saturday i can't remember. really yeah i, I wish i So remember. he went that quickly though i mean he, no he yeah it said he had to kind of a visit uh, one of his old friends visit on saturday and they only spent like about 30 minutes together and the guy said he you know stan was walking around yeah. kind of coherent you know he would sit on the couch look out at the pool and stuff like that but you know they would have, still have sharp conversations and stuff like that
0: but you know he could, I don't know, he could do that. I yeah. love his, I just have to mention that because I know you're a big cartoon fan as me. All right. And because I love watching that Muppet Babies clip. You, well, you watched the Muppet Babies, Sarah. You were yeah. saying you, Muppet Babies is your first Christmas stocking. Yeah. <sighs> uh, at the end of, <laughs> at, at the end of Muppet Babies and that weird trumpet is going off. It Like, as a little kid, like, oh, I love the Muppet Babies. Why is Spider-Man here? And like, you just see <laughs> Spider-Man crouch down like, Marvel Productions. Muppet Babies is a Marvel oh, yeah. production? Yeah, I remember and, that. And uh, it's a Marvel production because uh, I, this this is neither the time nor the place. But maybe Stanley had something to do with it uh, because after Warner Brothers, that, that's the connection I was I had written down that I was going to make. Because if you want to shit on Stanley, at the very least, he is the Chuck Jones of comic books. Like he he does, which yeah, I had to distinguish because as a kid, I always thought he owned Marvel, right. and it was sort of shocking. Like grow up and like no, he doesn't own any of this shit. He I remember when he was on CNN like. Disney bought what? I had no idea. <laughs> like it doesn't—it doesn't have anything to do with him. He's, yeah. he's just a dude who worked there and made stuff. He has residual payments and all that sure. stuff. But uh, but but yeah, that um, Muppet Baby was Babies made by Marvel Studios, which was formed from Freeling. Diapot. When Warner Brothers fired all its animators, uh, Friz Freeling, um, you know one of the animators that win a bunch of Oscars. Right. Uh, he started his own company with DePatti, Fre- Freeling De F what is it called, F- DFP or something like that. They created an animation company that made terrible cartoons like Ant and the Aardvark and The Pink Panther. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, and also, those are horrible. Yes. yes and yes, and also, yes. also made terrible Looney Tunes mm-hmm. cartoons. That's kind of you know, the dream if you're in a creative business. I I quit, and now you pay my company to make your shit. Uh, and he also made the Lorax, though. I, I, that, oh, I love the Lorax. Okay. Yeah. Um But then they wanted to close down and Marvel bought that studio and then purchased from them. Roger Corman then purchased that studio. So just the odd thing of like, Roger Corman... Owning the Marvel Studio, making a Muppet production—what a world we lived in! The wow, 1980s—that's um, 80s, yeah. Yeah, it's—I don't know where—I don't late, know where any of that stuff is. late 80s, but yeah. But that's yeah. I love even though like shit—they're almost all in the same umbrella now.
1: Well, every time you talk about Ro- Roger Corman, I have mm-hmm. flash, flashes to the Fantastic Four, Roger Corman. Yes, right.
0: yes, which we've said a billion times when you weren't here, Jeff. Is the the best Fantastic Four movie?
1: Oh, I mean, it's a great Doctor Doom. I yep. mean, you know, was it Jay Underwood?
0: I have no idea. I mean,
1: I remember. Yeah, I remember watching it bootleg style.
0: Do you know about the Fantastic Four movies? Here,
2: yeah, we talked about it actually oh, okay. on our our documentary. Oh, the about, unmaking of yeah.
0: right because that movie doomed. I think that's on Hulu as well. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: that's a great great documentary.
0: Yeah, the un the unmaking of a movie. Right, the one million dollar Fantastic Four movie. And I know there's a, more of an answer to this. I was trying to. Obviously I could have gotten you a ton of clips of Stan Lee doing cameos. There's a lot out there. Um, but I was trying to think of what Marvel movies didn't he make a cameo in. And the only one I can think of off the top of my head, like I have to assume one of at least one of the Punishers. But uh I don't recall him in the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> Or War Journal. I, I just I, I don't imagine. Or
1: the Captain America movie with the motorcycle. Well, I, it's so. a
0: tradition, I think, established by the Trial of the Incredible Hulk. Oh, yeah. He was the a juror. TV movie. Yeah. yeah. He was a juror.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so like, I didn't know it went that, that far.
0: Well, that's that's the thing. Like when you, I think he, Stan Lee's on, and I meant to look that up too, but I, I I couldn't figure out a definitive answer. Like, is Stan Lee really an executive producer on all this shit? When you see like Guardians of the Galaxy two, executive produced by a ninety five year old man who says over and over again, "I'm retired."
2: Right.
5: I, again,
0: I think it was kind of a figurehead stamp. It, it could, it could, I think it was a stamp I, of approval kind of. And I, I feel think so like too. a lot
2: of times, executive producer is a mushy title. Mm-hmm. It can mean a lot of things.
0: Oh, I I totally forgot what I was about to say. Uh, Anyway. Um, uh, But yeah, I think... And and part of that was when Stan kind of left Marvel, which he never never really did. He was the New York liaison Mm -hmm. to Hollywood. And he was out there trying to get Marvel pictures made. So there is a possibility that his name is attached to these projects because it always was officially attached to these projects. No matter... Henry did that great episode about how long it took to get a Spider Man movie. And it did go through the hands of Canon Films and Roger Corman and James wow. Cameron and like wow. all these other people because Stanley was good at a lot of things, but that wasn't something he knew how to do. It took a very long time before we. I, I consider 2000s X Men really the start of mm-hmm. Marvel movies. Yeah. Right, um, right. As much as I love Howard the Duck. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> which he's not an executive producer on. Uh, but yeah, that he. he Another thing you can give credit to Stan Lee for, he he was the one who brought Marvel out west, which is how you have different kinds of entertainment. And I think that's why Marvel wanted to buy that animation studio, because before they could even think, we can't make a live action movie out of this shit. Let's get our own animation studio and start cranking out our own cartoons. And there were, in the 80s and 90s, there are a ton of Marvel cartoons right. of varying quality. <laughs> but uh, it, they're dated, but sort of just like how the comic books are dated, um if you're ready to have fun with something pulpy and a little old old timey it's still fun
1: i mean they only had 30 minutes you know or even less than that to you know produce a whole story so stan had to have his you know hands in it you know he yeah. did narration and stuff but
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah you know not as sophisticated as we have nowadays
0: as yeah. far as stories oh goes. his ca- it, the, one movie he did make a cameo in there i, I got back to All it right. the fantastic four the most recent fantastic four movie the josh trank one the Terrible, even Ooh. somehow even worse. Fantastic Four movie that everyone would rather. It's the one where Doctor Doom. Uh, there's a scene where he drinks Orange Crush and plays Assassin's Creed with his face. Oh, yeah, that happens in the movie. Oh wow, I um, forgot about that part. Yeah, that I think I've seen it on like once. I saw it the day it opened, and I don't. There was no one there, and I remember. I think the stink, the stench was like so wafting on that film. Like the the day it came out, they played the Deadpool <laughs> trailer twice. Because, wow. like, no other trailer wanted to be in front of it. Oh, oh my God.
5: <laughs> Yikes.
0: And uh, But, oh, speaking of Stan Lee cameos, you want to throw throw in some of those? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think I always sort of knew who Stan Lee was. And I think the person who doesn't get credit for the Stanley Lee cameo, uh, which really, I think, brought it to the forefront, is Kevin Smith. Because mm. uh, in the yep. 1995 movie Mallrats, right. Stan Lee showing up is a huge thing. And, it, and before he was put in all these mainstream Hollywood movies... Banky, Jason Lee's character treats this like a huge fucking deal to meet Stan Lee, even though I would think in 1995 a universal movie, I don't know if the whole world knows that Stan Lee, that the guy who created all these comic characters. No, I don't. By think sight. So. No, yeah. yeah, I don't no, think I, so. Especially cuz it's like the only time looking at this clip like I did not remember him having that thick of beard in this <sighs> scene. Only us nerds knew who. I mean, I almost like <laughs> yeah. only us nerds, but you know, it was If you remembered, yeah, he, he was, was.
1: you know, he wasn't he again, he'd been His face has been Marvel for many, many years, but again. I didn't
0: know what he looked like until, and I meant to put this, write something about him and put it on Instagram was the um, Marvel Card Series One. It's the last card in that set is Stan the Man and like all his four fingers of the Fantastic Four. And his face is Spider Man with Daredevil armor. That's a great card. It's a great card. I love it. And I, for some reason, I haven't seen anybody post it, but I'm not, I don't use Twitter that much. So I'm sure it's been posted there. But uh, yeah, you may have recognized him in 1995 Small Rats. Uh, I would say probably a scene he probably wouldn't do nowadays.
3: Oh, my God. Holy shit! Aren't you? Oh, Stanley. Hi.
4: The Fantastic Four Reed Richards. Can his whole body stretch? I mean, every part? You know, like his... I, I know what you mean.
3: We never really tackled stuff like that in the old days. I mean, what with the comic book code and all
4: can't believe i'm standing here talking to you you're responsible for the greats let's do the list spider-man guilty the incredible hulk afraid so oh man this is so
3: cool the x-men now that you mention it shit man you
0: are a god yes he is mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: it's interesting they mentioned the comic code it, yes and stan was very much against it i yep. mean you know he had no, know, Timely Comics, Atlas Comics, and stuff like that. But once he got, you know, started Marvel and stuff like that, he started pushing the boundaries of what was deemed acceptable in yep. comics and stuff like that. And he was, you know, he, again, he was, you know,
0: well above his time, I yeah, think. Yeah, a mm-hmm. total pioneer in that area. And some of that, like, just... If you go back and look at how the comics code and all that shit happened, yeah, they had a lot of problem with, like, even little things like fucking diversity. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I love that, like, Stan Lee has just always been... On the right side, on the right side of things, because I'm sure you've seen that image going around um, of from Stan's soapbox. Like even when he wasn't writing the comics, he would still write a little thing in the editorial page at the end. Uh, And I saw that even Snopes had to come out and like confirm the validity of that post because people were like, "Stanley didn't write that. (laughs) No one wrote that in 1968." Um, And I was going to try and read it in my worst Stanley impression, just because it's it's a beautiful sentiment. Um, I, I don't know what it was in response to. Well, I think I do now. Um, but yes, it's a, it's confirmed true by Snopes. Um, let's lay it out there right on the line. Bigotry and racism are among the deadliest social ills plaguing the world. But unlike a team of costume supervillains, they can't be halted with a punch in the snoot or a zap from a ray gun. The only way to destroy them is to expose them, to reveal them <laughs> as the insidious evils that they are. And he goes on. That's pretty good. And it's just like, yeah. what, he, what was he writing this in response to? And then I like Snopes has the date. 1968. Oh, MLK was just shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he's writing it in response to. Yeah. Um, in a spy- in a kid's Spider-Man issue. So even though they're not mentioning it, he's saying it. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. Even when like, there was that shitty attempt at comics gate or something a while back like Stan Lee made a video like shut up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Diversity and inclusion has always been an important part of Marvel, not now. Always and like, yeah. You guys got told by Stan Lee. He came out of he came out of his coffin and
1: <laughs> yelled at you.
2: Said to shut up.
1: <laughs> well, Again, I think that shows that he was aware that it wasn't just comics weren't just a kid's medium. Yeah, that he knew that you know there were adults that were escaping the world, but also you know through this escape he was actually addressing things. So yeah. it's kind of an interesting. I'm
0: um, a, I'm of two minds about that about his personality because he did all. Been in between the spiel and the character, Stanley. He always had like this little like, "Yeah, I made a bunch of comic characters a long time ago. No one bought my scripts though. Like, even he sort of looked down on the medium he pioneered. Like, but even said like he thought it was a bad medium to get into as an aspiring writer at the Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But that's you know he's thinking very like even older world than any of our listeners. Well, he Um, he wanted to write the great American novel. And he ne- didn't. Yeah. He, you didn't. Didn't. <laughs> he didn't. Never got around to it. Too but, busy making millions.
2: Well now there are novelists who mm-hmm. now are like quote unquote slumming at writing comics yeah. now, which yeah. is like oh, kind yeah. of crazy to see that. Hat, like Todd Nahisi Coates
5: mm-hmm. and
1: Roxanne Gay and oh, yeah, yeah, great, yeah. Great, great, CM Punk. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> What were you just telling me though? At, at what the co- the course being taught at FSU right now? Oh
1: yeah, I mean, actually, again, like one of his interviews in nineteen seventy five, he's talking about being an adjunct professor at Yale and all like that, mm-hmm. teaching how to write comics and stuff like that, and it blows my mind mm-hmm. because I thought that was pretty much a new thing. I have a couple professors that actually te- you know go to my store, and one of them teaches. How to Write Graphic Novel, and he you know, he actually has writers, and he has artists, and he pairs them up, and they have this project they they work on throughout the semester. And I mean, here I thought this was a pretty new idea, Yeah. and Stan was doing it back in 75. Wow.
0: I feel like that's the kind of validity he would, like, behind closed doors, like, really appreciate. Like, what? <laughs> like, they're, t- they're teaching, like, what I did yeah. in schools? Jesus, okay. He did always seem to have, I think, at least in the eight, 70s and 80s, a little thing in the back of his head that this isn't I'm not making high art um and he he makes self-effacing jokes about it but I swear you watch some Stanley interviews they're fascinating you will definitely see a loop but it's the things he drops in between like oh there's a little nugget of truth from Mm -hmm. Stanley Mm -hmm. uh or or cynicism um which you didn't see a lot because he you know just Captain Excelsior (laughs) I was trying to figure out when he first said Excelsior I have no idea because I think it it comes from the Sam's soapbox but like because I didn't know that he said it till i saw him say it on like some interstitial between an incredible hulk cartoon it's kind of like
1: true believers i mean mm-hmm. i'm like yeah i've never seen here in cartoons in the 80s but i'm sure he i've never a read
0: the word without hearing his voice saying right. it and thank god i never will uh i never will uh a couple more stan lee clips though and uh, we can get we can get th- we can get over with this eulogy Ah, here's something he some things i wanted to find some things we wouldn't... People don't want to remember about Stanley. Okay. And this is about as bad as it gets. Okay. Um, the things he was involved in Because I don't know, his last couple years on Earth, like, it's just odd to think of him. He should never have to work again, man. Yeah. And and he, he didn't have to work again. He had a bunch of successful companies and a successful social media thing. I think I remember being in some conversation about working with his company. It was not cheap. Uh, <laughs> I think they have... There's trade on the stock market and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that he... Yeah, he worked for DC for like a hot second. He like, I, I didn't even remember that happened. Like, not, no, it, it wasn't it? Amalgam Comics. That's a weirder, dumber that, thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But he did actually, Stan Lee super, reimagined Superman. It's called Wonder- Just Imagine. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Just Imagine, where Stan Lee just has his way with Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman. Flash. Ch- changes Bruce Wayne's name to Wayne, <laughs> Wayne Wayne or something like that. William <laughs> Wayne. I, I love alliteration. Um <laughs> That's true. And, uh, yeah, I, I totally forgot that that happened. Uh, I think like, a lot of people have forgotten that. Yeah, happened. I think now's the time to reprint that DC. Come on. Um, and that he he did a lot of weirdo work-for-hire things. And about, about the dumbest, and it's all on YouTube, is the sci-fi channel show Who Wants to Be a Superhero?
2: Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I heard that. about this, yeah. It's
0: bad. But, uh, but you get a comic... Written in air quotes by Stan Lee. Um, here's a little bit of the intro. I remember that. They'll experience
3: a roller coaster of emotions. This is f- ridiculous. I
1: would never do that.
3: One by one, the competitors
0: will be eliminated in a dramatic ceremony like
4: no other. I feel like my spirit is broken. When you tell me you're proud of me, I think of my father, sir.
1: Mr. Lee, I am so sorry. I failed you.
3: It is now time. For- meet the world's next great superhero.
0: Already, this is over a decade ago, and he's already too old to like be on set. Yeah. He's got to be That's in the Indigis. dark side of cosplay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. to make it real. Yeah. Um, you have defeated the purpose of cosplay, yeah. Uh, but the show's incredibly silly. It's one of those reality shows that takes its premise way too seriously. It's like Wipeout with a cape,
2: <laughs> yeah. It kind of, yeah, that's right. They set up fake hero <laughs> scenarios, yeah,
0: where they have him run around and like try and catch a fake purse snatcher or like knock a kid out of the okay, way of that a moving vehicle. It kind
2: of sounds cool, actually, but the earnestness that you just played and I am a hundred percent on board for sincerity and being earnest that was too much for me. <laughs> kind of made my skin crawl a little bit like
0: oh Sarah, you want your skin to crawl? <laughs> yeah. I am about to show I you the that. the worst thing uh, Stanley ever did. and I don't think he was as a part of it as the marketing explained right. he was. you know what I'm about to say. Do you, you have a feeling? I, I have a feeling, but just—and he's not the only one. But I thought it was fun to mention, and, and that there are some very weird clips in this on the internet. But I'll tell you a little more about Stanley's Stripperella. Oh yeah, after that's this what I was thinking. Hi there, <laughs> I'm Stanley, and Stripperella, as you may have
3: noticed, is the serious study of a girl who leads a double life and how it affects her psychologically. She's a working girl. Who does an honest day's work? Well, I guess an honest night's work,
0: when you really think about it. No
3: but same. in her spare time, she's out there saving the world.
0: So that's that's a short-lived TV show from. Was there a movie? I don't. I, I don't think there was a movie. There was one season, but they okay. also, and like this is the indignity of it: a comic book published by Dark Horse. You won't work with Stan Lee again, Marvel. You weren't even bought by Disney at this point. But Stripperella is an a- animated show starring Pam Anderson as the- That's right. Chiller yeah. character ha. with a theme song by Kid Rock. It yes. is that insufferable. Oh, there's no. there's some clips of it on YouTube with a lot of Linkin Park music in it. And it's bu- it's bizarre to think that everyone listening was alive when someone made a show like this. Yeah. And I'm sure Stan Lee wasn't right penning these episodes. I'm sh- pretty sure his name is- Lapped on there. Um It's but-
2: too bad because I kind of feel like it feels like it belongs almost more now with this like new kind of woke uh mm-hmm. tre- Treatment that I see in some graphic novels now that, like, a positive de- depiction of a sex worker There's... who is actually, <laughs> you know, like a superhero and, you know, just doing her job. I don't know. I feel like that could work. It's not without with the its, right hands.
0: It's non fun moments. And she's drawn to look like Pamela Anderson, and to be yeah. fair, fucking looked like that and got naked without any qualms. And God bless her. Being uh, in the comic books, I've seen worse. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine.
1: I, I guess I cannot reference the pro. That was oh. that's actually a graphic novel about a superhero prostitute. Okay. Really? Yes. Okay. I can't remember who did it. Um, I'll, it I'll have up. to get that to you. Mm. But yeah, I mean, she's a prostitute, gets superpowers, joins like a Justice League team, uh-huh. Uh-huh. um, and let the comedy and actually graphic <laughs> nature, both sexual and violent, you know, occur. Wow. Garth Ennis. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Okay.
0: Um, but I don't blame Stan Lee for this because this is Stripperella and I think it, w- it was meant to coincide with the uh, launch of Spike TV, the network for uh, dudes.
2: Oh, yeah. So this, Man
0: show. This, this makes is the a lot sa- of sense. This same network that made Ren and Stimpy fuck like right after that. Right. Um, and Gary the Rat, which no one remembers, but um, they were trying to do like really edgy for guys because guys didn't have enough. Sure. We, we don't. We don't have any shows for ourselves. There's nothing on TV that. for boys to watch. It's all A and I've always said
2: that.
1: I feel uh, guilty watching Lifetime.
2: <laughs> no one should feel guilty I, about
0: that. There's <laughs> no sports on. I don't know what to do. So <laughs> my great guy impression. Yeah. It's uh, good. But it is. I think it's. It is the most embarrassing thing on Stanley's uh, resume. But like, I'm glad it's not his last. Right. Right. He did. Yeah. A, he did other things. Um. And, and I don't know. Just, as
2: for someone as prolific. As Stan Lee, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: and um, I'm going to take this as an indication of how sick he was. Did you get to see the Teen Titans Go movie? No. So the Teen Titans Go, Teen Titans Go, I've said over and over again, I can't believe it's as funny as it is because my like nerd instinct is to hate it, uh, but it's amazing and it's hilarious and I fucking love it. It is really good. The movie's pretty funny and meta and. In terms of being alive, it's kind of, other than Venom, it's Stanley's last cameo. Interesting. And uh, even he makes reference to it. But you'll hear in the clip, I think this is indicative of how sick he was. He's clearly not in the same studio as the other voice actors. Mm. You're going to laugh at this clip because visually, you guys can see it visually. It's Teen Titans uh, walking around a studio back lot, and Stanley is in the background, like trying to get in the shot. <laughs> <laughs> They're
3: really making movies about every superhero. <laughs> and it's time they make one about me come on Gene wilson's soundstage must be around here somewhere hey everybody look at me i'm stan lee doing my subtle cameo <laughs> nice excuse me mr stan go, this is a dc movie oh gee i gotta get out of here
0: <laughs> no, that's, that's so cute i really like that. i love that Okay, i'm gonna have to watch he it. even comes yeah. he even comes back again
5: Movie. I love cameos. Not now, Stan Lee! Ooh.
0: Excelsior! <laughs> so that might have been the last time we get to hear him say oh. it. Uh, but that seems like a good time as any to. And the Stan Lee, not eulogy, but like a uh, celebration, man, memorial, uh, memorial. Yeah, uh, like it, it wasn't. I'm just, I'm, I'm for my own fragile psyche. I'm happy that this wasn't like sudden and unexpected because, mm-hmm. like, uh, I think we were all kind of bracing ourselves for like. Nobody has ever wanted to do it on the podcast, but I do Deadpools all the time uh, mm. with what oh, celebrities that yeah. go this year. Yeah. And he's always on mine. Um, and wait,
2: was he actually ill? With? I don't
0: think so. I um, oh, I don't know. I just... I don't know. I just assume died of being I, I assume dying at ninety five is always going to be a natural cause. Sure. Yeah, no. I just <laughs> right.
2: want I wasn't sure if it was like cancer or something I don't new know if
0: it was pneumonia or anything like that. No, I, I think yeah. it was due to some sickness that uh a someone who's say a sprightly ninety two would have recovered immediately from. Mm-hmm. But uh...
1: <laughs> Well I, I think I remember hearing when his wife passed away of seventy years mm-hmm. that everybody's like going, Oh, yeah, he's not long.
2: That happens.
0: You know. Yeah, and I I just missed it I like I missed a chance to meet him at a San Francisco comic shop. I, like I would just walk in the store and everyone's like elated and like, what the fuck is everybody doing here? It is not free comic day. And like mm-hmm. Stanley was just here signing the book that he co-authored with his daughter. Yeah. Um, that's, I it, might be about him and his wife. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, but it's a love story, mm. but I, I think it may be a, like a semi autobiographical story about how the least met or whatever. Um, but yes, dude was still making shit um, right until the end and kind of just in just in terms of pop culture just this awesome icon and identity that like was really nice to have out there and that he hasn't truly been milkshake ducked and you looked weird like that's a shorthand for <laughs> you don't know milkshake duck. i should I explain that no, too no that, that it's a tweet i think from pixelated boat and like um it's just like day one oh shit you seen milkshake duck love milkshake duck and then like Day two, we regret to inform you, Milkshake Duck is racist. <laughs> so you you find out something terrible about something beautiful in the world, and that. Yeah. And I don't know of many celebrities who were born during the Depression that right. you can say don't have like shitty baggage around them. But Stanley might right. be one of them. Um,
2: well, and I think it's a testament to the special alchemy that was his personality and his talent and his charisma because there's very few behind the scenes creators that have that kind of his kind of face recognition yeah. and his ability to be a personality almost separate from what he created you know right. i can only really think of walt disney mm-hmm. and i i don't have any recollection of like seeing walt disney like be charismatic and do things yeah. you just know him because he's that iconic.
0: And 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 the idea that like try and think of someone else like Stanley now. Yeah. And it's like heart. It's it's like all I could I think I said the other day like uh Tyler Perry. Like I can't think of anybody else who's like made a universe and like sequelized all this shit and like one all these characters and Yeah. I just can't like there's, I know a bunch of stuff that I like and people who create that stuff, but it's not interconnected and it's not being remade and revisited and merchandised with the ubiquity of Marvel shit. It's just not. Right. And I don't know that we, you know, we're we're not, it's not a monoculture anymore. We're too, or stratified with our interests. I don't know that we will ever see them. We might've lost the last one. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's strange, sure. it's strange to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was nice that we had him around for this long. Mm-hmm. It was, it was really good. And, um, I hope his I hope his final days were cool. You deserved it, Stan. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to say about Mister Lee? No, I think
1: again, like I think he was kind of the compared to the he you know he we talk about him being a co-creator and stuff like that. But you know I think the fact is he was the face of Marvel, mm-hmm. the artists, You know Jack Kirby and Ditko and stuff like that. They didn't do, shine so well in the interviews and you know in the yeah. in the limelight, but. Stan did, and he knew that was his strength. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that got him into trouble, or you know, kind of got fa- fans kind of against him. Yeah, but I think because know, he was
0: the only one to represent an entire medium, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. very, that's always going to be really I mean, strange. Yeah, DC didn't have
1: that. Yeah, and Marvel did.
0: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's absolutely true. And I think, and I couldn't get wrap my head around this. I was trying to see how responsible Stanley himself was for the connected universe thing. Because that was really big with Marvel. If you can think of like DC had all these characters, but they didn't really interact with one another mm-hmm. except right. on like merchandise and their worlds weren't really the same. And and yes, all their all the Sarah DC characters, they all live in fake places. Um and that all their powers are batshit insane. Whereas like Marvel stuff is all, like, hella informed by, like, fear of the atomic age. Right. And they all live in real cities um, yeah. at, the, at this time now, and none of them really have godlike abilities.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, they would actually go out and the backgrounds and the yeah. buildings and stuff like that. You walk around Manhattan, those were in the right.
0: comics. You could even see, like, certain celebrities from yeah. that day and age. Like, things you would recognize, whereas everything in the DC world is very is a simile. It's very separate. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't know if Stan's directly to credit from that, but I have to imagine with his hands in this many pots, probably. Yeah. Probably is. As a writer, well, you know, yeah. early on, yeah. It yeah. goes
2: right along, though, with him... Um, making it a goal to personalize the characters by making them real and human. Mm -hmm. Like you were, we started out talking about the fantastic four and their family dynamic. Like Mm -hmm. it makes perfect sense then that he would also want to bring these characters into the real world too Mm -hmm. to personalize them even more.
0: And and to to the further credit of the shared universe thing, like that's, what's really special about the Marvel movies because the movies didn't do that before. And if Mm -hmm. they did, they petered out after the fourth one and they gave up this Marvel Studios made Thor and said, let's keep going anyway. No, I'm <laughs> being shitty to Thor. It's not that bad a film. Um, it's, it's the bug's life of the MCU, which That's means true. it's still pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pour one out for uh, Stan Lee. Drink something with the word Excelsior in it. Uh, even if you even if you have to make up your own drink. And thank you so much for listening. Jeff, thank you so much for coming, man. Oh, thanks for having me. I enjoyed myself.
2: Yeah, this and, is great. I learned a lot.
0: Yeah, and uh, thank you, Stan Lee, for, yeah, pretty much entertaining me for 38 years like it's been a long time buddy um and thank you guys so much for listening uh and thank you guys so much for being uh patreon supporters at patreon.com slash laser time where you support our other shows like video game apocalypse the weekly video game show or 302010, your weekly audio time machine looking back to the week 30 20 and 10 years ago uh last week was crazy fun and uh celebrated some of my disney blind spottedness and uh yeah yeah, Um, but yeah we lost a pop culture legend I don't think my generation will be able to recreate uh, at all maybe maybe Miyamoto Um, (laughs) maybe Shahira Miyamoto Um, but other than that yeah an inimitable personality Stanley Um, uh, yeah thank you guys very much Uh, you can check out more at lasertimepodcast.com or you can join up and become a donor for the price of a cup of coffee at patreon.com slash lasertime you'll get a weekly bonus show Uh, up now is a bonus show for 30 20, 10. we have Elm Street Nightmare is a wrap. Uh, Ten episodes about the life, work, and legacy of Jason Voorhees. Over 100-plus movie commentaries. And definitely more weird shit to come, I promise. Uh, again, thank you so much to our supporters. You've been helping us do this for, shit, almost six years now? I think? I, I should I should look into that. I think we have an anniversary coming up. But thank you guys so much. Excelsior. I can't build
1: a suit of armor And I don't think I can move things With my brain I don't think Mary Jane would fall for me Another average guy is all she'd see But I won't let it get me down The greatest hero I can be is me
5: I ain't got no powers but it won't get in my way don't need super strength or spider sense to save the day. I know I'll be okay. Whatever comes my way, I will still say Excelsior, Excelsior, Excelsior.